Welcome to the ghost train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Drew, the host of the Ghost Train Podcast. This is the podcast that dives right into the creepy and freaky world of the paranormal. With it being the month of October, I've been doing a horror movie marathon and I've been trying to find some new scary films to watch this year. And don't get me wrong, I'm definitely going to be still consuming some of those horror classics like the original Halloween, The Exorcist, and The Evil Dead. Those three movies all scared the living shit out of me as a kid. For me... I'd have to put them in my top five horror movies of all time. I remember watching The Exorcist on VHS in my parents' basement during a sleepover with a bunch of friends, and I don't think any of us slept that night. To this day, I still feel uneasy watching The Exorcist. It just has that ability to completely terrify me. Do you have a movie that still gives you the creeps even though you've watched it countless times? Send me a horror movie recommendation like the amazing At Kipper Wash did, and I'll give you a shout out on the next Ghost Train podcast. At Kipper Wash gave me some great horror movies to watch, some I hadn't seen in a while, and one in particular that I had never seen or even heard of. But after watching it, I know why she recommended it to me. Witchboard. If you love the 80s, you're going to love this movie. It stars Tawny Katan, and no, she's not dancing on the hood of David Coverdale's car in a Whitesnake video. She's messing around with a Ouija board, and things go terribly wrong. The acting is hilariously terrible and helps make the movie even more fun to watch. Definitely worth watching if you love 80s B horror movies, get together with some friends, pour some wine, have some drinks, enjoy it, laugh, get scared. It is just a fun, classic horror movie that I'm now going to be adding to my arsenal every year to watch because it is hilariously scary. This week's story is coming to you from Reddit user Bellatrix Walcott, and I've got to say, this story gave me chills. And I can't wait to share it with all of you. Whatever you do, don't go in the basement tonight. Here we go. Campfire Stories, Chapter 2, Mother Knows Best. I grew up in a small two-bedroom house with my mom and my two older sisters. My mom was always working, so my sisters basically raised me. Although my mom wasn't home a lot, she had one major rule for us. Don't go in the basement. So as the loving children we were, we stayed out. We just figured it was probably super dangerous and filled with a bunch of old junk seeing that we rented this house from some old guy. But one day, while my mom was working, and me and my sisters were about 14, 16, and 10, we decided we wanted to go explore the basement. We had stayed out for years, but now my older sister was the big kid, per se. She had a car and a job, so we figured it would be okay for us to go in the basement, and that she would keep us safe. So being adventurous, we went down there, only to find that it was completely empty. The walls and the floor were a smooth, grey concrete, and the ceiling was just the same popcorn ceiling as the rest of the house. 
There was nothing down there, not even a speck of dust. There were no cobwebs, and as far as we had all known, no one had ever been into that basement. While we were looking around, we realized that there was a boarded up door in the back corner. Being the inquisitive kids we were, we took the planks off it and opened the door, only to find a wall, a brick wall to be exact, blocking the entrance to the room. But we knew that there had to be something behind it. We knocked on the brick and heard a hollow type of knock back from the other side. So soon enough, we went back upstairs and went about our day. Within the next few weeks, some strange things started happening. The basement door would fly open and the lights in the basement would turn on. The doorknob would jiggle if you locked it behind you and eventually it would just open even if it was locked. I know what you're thinking, it must have just been loose, but it had never done this before we went into that basement. But after a few weeks, it just seemed normal and we weren't really bothered by it anymore. And that's when things took a turn for the worst. One night I remember vividly, I was laying in bed on the top bunk of the bed I shared with my middle sister. And my oldest sister was across the room in her bed. I remember hearing the door slam shut and seeing a tall, dark figure standing behind the door, holding it shut. The figure walked up to my bed and laid its long fingers on my forehead. And that's when I saw it. The knife stuck straight through its eye. It looked to be a machete type blade and it stuck through its eye and out the back of its skull. Its skin was a pasty gray with lines of blood and peeling flesh on it. It smelt of rotting meat and its mouth seemed to be cut into an unnatural smile. All of its teeth were sharpened to a point and its other eye socket was empty. There was no eye, no muscles, no nothing. Just a black hole with skin blinking over where its eye once was. Before I had a chance to scream, it ran a long jagged stroke down my arm and grabbed my throat with its opposite hand, holding me down until I couldn't breathe anymore. I remember feeling like I wasn't able to move or scream. It felt like my entire body was frozen and then it whispered in my ear. Don't forget to thank your mother for what she did to me. A few months later, he came back. My mom and sisters had been out that night, and I had been at soccer practice when they were out. So when I got home, I was completely alone. Just me and my dog, Mikey. When I got home, the garage door was open. Figuring my mom had just left it open, I closed the door and headed into the house. At this point, I was sleeping in the living room because I couldn't sleep in that room without having nightmares of that man. So when I got into the house, I laid down on the couch and turned on the TV. I turned on my favorite show, Supernatural, and made myself some popcorn. Only the microwave wouldn't work. I could set the time, and I could press start, and it would run, but the popcorn wouldn't cook. 
I had even put it in for 10 minutes, hoping that it just wasn't heating up quickly enough, but to no avail. Eventually, I gave up and settled on a bag of chips. About 15 minutes into the episode, I heard the garage door open. I figured my mom and sisters were home, so I made room on the small couch and waited for them. Only no one came in. Being the curious child that got myself into this mess, I headed for the garage to see what was happening. As soon as my feet hit the cold garage cement floor, the door behind me slammed shut. I jumped a mile and tried to open the door back up, but it wouldn't budge. Now let me tell you this, it's the middle of winter in Nebraska, and I'm just in a pair of pajama pants and a tank top. Again, the garage door was open, so the cold air was rushing in. I tried to hit the button for the door, but it just wouldn't go down. It would start, then stop, and then head back up to the top. I remember screaming out of frustration before I saw him again. Not him. It. It felt like my heart stopped. That unnatural smile curled higher as he limped towards me slowly, dragging its foot behind it. This time I noticed something new. He had on an old robe and a pair of gray pants. I couldn't tell the difference or if it was just soaked in blood. I kept attempting to close the door, but it wouldn't shut. I hit it once more as he inches closer to the inside and it began to close. When I looked back over my shoulder, I expected to feel relief, but instead my body froze once again. As his face was pushed into mine, his body was bent almost in half. It raised its hand to the side of my head and ran a jagged nail down my cheek. So it whispered. So beautiful. I began to tremble so violently that I could hear the door shaking against my back. He whispered, grabbing a lock of my hair. Trembling, I asked what I was supposed to thank her for. It let out a shrill laugh. <laughs> the type of noise that sounded more like a gurgling of blood. I ask her yourself, although she won't tell, it's her fault I'm like this. With those words, it stood back straight, staring down at me, its blood dripping as its smile widened, and I could hear the flesh tearing. Or maybe I'll just show you how it felt. His hands grabbed my neck and I slowly felt my body falling out of consciousness, but the last things I heard will haunt me forever. Just wait until you smile like me. I told you you'd have chills by the end of that story. I hope you enjoyed this week's Ghost Train podcast. If you did, I'd really appreciate it if you'd spread the word of the Ghost Train podcast because nothing is stronger than word of mouth from a friend or family member. Oh, and don't forget to send me those horror movie ideas on Instagram. I'm at Ghost Train Podcast. Twitter, I'm at Ghost Train PC. And on Facebook, just search Ghost Train Podcast and I'm sure you'll find me. And it's that creepy time of year, and if you're looking for more scary podcasts, you gotta check out Booze and Spirits.
Did you know that in the original Bloody Mary ritual, you had to walk backwards up a flight of stairs? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the purpose was to catch a glimpse of your future husband's face. Really? I wish I could find my future husband that easily. Honestly, all I really want to do now is drink a Bloody Mary. Well, how about we go make some Bloody Marys while you tell me more fun facts about Bloody Mary? Join us every week at Booze and Spirits, where we make our favorite drinks and tell each other our favorite paranormal stories. Find us under Booze and Spirits on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Booze and Spirits. All right, that's it for me this week. Until the next train gets in the station, good luck sleeping tonight. <laughs>